And we're back, and I'm Mar. I'm Sadie. And this is a podcast where we read the book so you don't have to. And today is an exciting episode. It's a little bit different. Mm. We're mixing it up. We are starting a mini-series called Everything But the Book. Yes. And what is this series about, Mar? So this series, we're kind of labeling this as a suggestion series. So that way, if you are curious in a popular book that is going around, but you're not sure if you want to take the time to read it or take the have the money to purchase it, we ourselves have not read these books, but we are just kind of listening to interviews, reading articles to see and learn more about this book to see if we would suggest it to you. Yeah, so it's kind of like books that we are curious about or interested in, but we're like, ugh, we don't know if we want to read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not even sure. And th- there's been actually several books that Mar and I are both like, oh, we're interested in, but we don't know if we want to spend the time to read all 400 pages, mm. aka Spare. We're hey. coming for you, the crowd. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, so we're starting this little mini series. They're going to be short episodes. And yeah, like Mar said, we're just going to be looking at some interviews, some Um, articles and just kind of getting a little feel for what the book would be about. Mm. Wetting our toe, dipping our toe in, in. dipping our toe in to see if this is something we actually want to read. Yes. And so today we are going to talk briefly about Jeanette McCurdy's book called I'm Glad My Mom Died. Wow. Here we are. Oh, I already know. Kathleen, if you are listening, (laughs) (laughs) this is not about you. (laughs) You don't know Kathleen's her mom. My Kathleen's <laughs> my mom and she loves the podcast. And I immediately was like, if we title a podcast episode called I'm Glad My Mom Died, <laughs> she will come for me. <laughs> well, okay. Starting off even, how do you feel about that title? So I think obviously the title is supposed to be humorous. Mm. I think it's very darkly sarcastic. Yes. But it is a memoir. And so I think that immediately clued me into, okay, this is going to be a, this is going to be a somber read, or this Mm. might be more of like heavier content. Mm. But I think the title is supposed to be a little bit sarcastic. So immediately I was like, oh, that's a great title because everybody would talk about this book. True. Very true. I definitely think if you guys know Jeanette McCurdy and Sadie's going to kind of introduce her a little bit more throughout it because she's here. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Jeanette. Please come come on. on. (laughs) No, one day we'll get there. Um, But I think it's uh, she herself has played a lot of just kind of comedic roles. And I think also just kind of shows who she is, is that she uses a lot of humor to kind of cope. And so I think it makes me excited to want to read the book, even after all the things that we've looked into, um, just because I'm like, oh, it's a great way sometimes to talk about the dark things that happen to lighten it with humor. Mm-hmm. But I hope it doesn't distract what actually happened. Right. And I think actually that's another reason why I'm glad we're doing this little mini series is because this is a book that I would definitely want to be prepared to read. I would mm. not want to be like, let's just go and pick out a book. Yeah. Let's go for a nice read. And then the minute you're getting to some of this content, I'm like, oh, that shifted my mood. Yes. That was not what mm. I thought we were going. Yeah. My rest of my day is over. <laughs> yes. The rest of my day is off and terrible. No. So Jeanette Michelle Faye McCurdy is her mm. full name. She was born June 26, 1992. She's an American writer, director, podcaster, singer, and former actress. Come on. So she was mostly known for her breakthrough role as Sam Puckett in the Nickelodeon sitcom iCarly, which was from 2007 to 2012. And she earned actually a ton of awards through that. And she earned four Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards, yep. which I did not know. But I'm going to tell you this right now, Mar. What? 
I have never, ever, ever watched Stop. iCarly. Stop right there. Never once. I know. You see, <laughs> somehow the world's going to change for me. See, I'm sure this is deeply speaking to a lot of people. This is my childhood. No, I cannot really. I have no idea who this is. I did not know who Jeanette McCurdy was at all. I am telling you this live on the podcast. Mar came in and before we recorded. She said, she's like, oh, because of iCarly, yada, yada. And I was like, I'm going to hold on to this and just break the news no. over the podcast for her. If you did not grow up on iCarly, let me tell you one thing. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> because also, not only was the show so giddy. Okay. If you know the show, you get that. You get that. Okay. The song is iconic. Every episode tastefully done see is this also i heard ariana grande was on the show no you're done okay <laughs> ladies and gentlemen cancel her right so now what, in the was she now, on? Okay. what did they work on together so, it was a spin-off show so have you ever heard of victorious no <laughs> <laughs> the pain inside me this is showing our age gap city no i think this is just showing my zero e- exposure to any kind of like tv mm-hmm. gap mm-hmm. but yeah we can talk about that age gap too true i'm not- <laughs> Yes, you know, honestly, like, if you didn't grow up on Nickelodeon, honestly, it's, you're probably better than the rest of us who did. I'm so but sure. I'm just saying, so there was a show called Victorious, which was very, it was from Nickelodeon by the same producer, um, and there, one of the characters, Ariana Grande, was played by Cat. She was a cat. She was not a cat. Oh. Her name was Cat. On- Ariana Grande was played by a cat. <laughs> character named cat okay Okay. and they did a spinoff show with iCarly okay but it was just sam and cats which was jeanette and ariana and so just the show of the two of them just the show of the two of them that would sometimes bring in characters from the other shows to show that it was the same world okay so ariana grande did know jeanette mccurdy way back when but not from iCarly not from my i mean got it yeah not no okay great well, so that is who wrote this book. Yes. <laughs> she wrote a memoir called I'm Glad My Mom Died. Like we said, it came out August of last year. Mm. And in it, kind of the major pivotal, I guess, shocking aspect of this book is she says that her mother, Deborah, physically and emotionally abused her mm. until her mother's passing from cancer at 2013. Yeah. So this book was kind of, it was a real shock wave because mm-hmm. obviously I wouldn't know, but for the people that watch iCarly, she was this, I understand a happy, just like a very wow, yeah. like joyful character and everything she played in. She was just this young girl. And so then I wouldn't say happy and you wouldn't say happy. No. So she, Sam Puckett was, yes. But I she portrayed say, characters that she, were like she was really a, whimsical and like, I don't know. No, That's what she I was read about. She was portrayed as the person that was kind of like always annoyed. She yelled oh. a lot. She was angry. She would hit people with a butter stick sock. Oh. 
Well, then <laughs> maybe. But she was, but she was known as just like this regular teenager, okay. and so you would not expect what sh- she was going through. It did not mirror what her character gotcha. was. Okay, so yeah, tell us a little bit more about her mom and that. Yeah, so her mom's name is Deborah McCurdy, and she took her last breath on the twentieth of September in two thousand thirteen, um, and she. What she had breast cancer okay. and she was first diagnosed with breast cancer in 1995 and was in remission though for 15 years uh, before the disease returned and worsened in 2010 uh, while Jeanette was recording iCarly um, and she died during the show. She died early that while recording. she was filming yeah. iCarly. Wow, it, okay. So it was during that time while she was filming, uh, obviously a few years later, mm-hmm. but after oh, it was yeah, worsening. A year after, yeah. Okay. But that's, that's when she passed. It was during the filming of the show. And so, um, yeah, that's just kind of a little bit. We're going to get more to about who her mother was and mm-hmm. like kind of what she did. But basically how this is going to go is that Sadie and I listened to two different interviews. Um, I did one. I listened to one by Tom Power, uh, which you can find on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I listened to her. It's like a 20 minute interview with Drew Barrymore. So mm-hmm. she has the was it behind the Barrymore show. I don't know. It's this YouTube yeah. show, but she yeah. does long form interview kind of styles with a lot of celebrities. So I listened to, yeah, her discussion with Drew Barrymore. Yeah. So Sadie, what is something from your interview that kind of stuck out to you? Cause obviously guys, just a reminder, we have not read this book. We are along for the ride just as you are. So what is something that Jeanette even shared about this book that kind of stuck out to you? Yeah. So I think something that was interesting, she had after her mom passed she shared in this interview so her mom died in 2013 and it was a year and a half after the man that she thought was her father Mm. told her he wasn't her biological father Mm -hmm. i could not wrap my brain around that yeah because clearly then that must have meant her mom deborah never told her the truth wow about who her dad was yeah so not only did she have like all of this emotional, physical abuse and just tumultuous childhood, her mom passes. Yeah. She finds out a year and a half later, the wo- the the man that her mom said was your dad had let her believe was her dad for wow. her whole life wasn't. I just couldn't wrap my brain on that. And I, w- I was kind of wondering like, what would you do? How would you even handle that emotion and mm. anger? Because she can't even talk to her mom about it. She can't yeah. even be angry at her mom about it because her mom is dead. Mm. And so I think that was something else that came up a lot in this interview was kind of like, do you have to wait for like the person that did all this harm to you to pass and or die or not be in your life mm. in order for you to actually fully move on to fully heal? It was really mm. interesting. Or even to speak your truth. Exactly. To speak about what happened, to feel that you could do that without serious repercussions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then something else that shocked me from that was she said she has three older brothers. Yes. From her biological dad. Yeah. Crazy. And they hadn't met him crazy like, what is it? so literally the four of them are from her mom mm-hmm. and her bio dad wow but her mom never said that that there was another guy yeah they all grew up thinking that this man was their dad mm. i just thought that was pretty wild so it, it kind of made me and then her she gave another anecdote just like of she said it so casually in passing um jeanette did of she was saying like how when you're young, you don't know that you're in an unhealthy situation. When you're young, wow. you don't know you're in um, a, a bad scenario until you can look back at it. So she said almost like laughingly, she was like, 
I remember at six, like my mom chasing my dad around the house with a kitchen knife. And I thought it was like a game. And I was oh, like, go wow. mom. Like, and I, so just her childhood, I think it, it's so shocking and so much to deal with the aftermath after that person had passed mm-hmm. of how do you handle with all that grief and I don't know. I think even she said something too about the title of the book because um, Drew Barrymore was like, how did you pick that title? Did you know you wanted to pick that title? Are you actually glad that your mother is dead kind mm. of thing? And well, she, she said, anything worth saying is probably divisive. If it's not divisive, there's probably no new conversation to be had. Wow. I thought that was interesting because I was kind of like, yeah, I, I, I get the understanding or I get the aspect of wanting to say something that is going against the status quo, yeah. right? Like wanting to say something that if you have a different opinion, that's fine to have a different yeah. opinion. Um, but I think she, yeah, I think she has such a nuanced relationship with her mom. But then I also think this kind of memoir brings up so many people's experiences with their own parents, mm-hmm. not just even their mother or their caregiver, whoever, but yeah. Yeah. I, so go ahead. Oh No, I think it's also something that's kind of like a parallel into the, um, interview that I listened to by Tom Power was he asked her like, well, how did you feel after your mom died? Like, how did that make you feel? Because like, you know, you're saying that like, which also was meant to be like a humor thing and, sure. you know, to catch your attention. Like, I'm glad my mom died, but all, it was also kind of the truth, right? Because she said that she was devastated because she didn't know who she was or what to do with herself without her mom. Well, because honestly, she was put into uh, child acting at the age of six years old. It was something that her mother always wanted to do. She grew up wanting to be an actress, but her parents always said no. That it wasn't something that they were willing to put her through. So it's like the second that she had Jeanette and saw potential in her, she decided to kind of fulfill her own dream by using her daughter to do it. And and so that's all she ever knew. It's all she ever grew up knowing was to be an actress. And so when her mom died, she was definitely devastated, but she also felt the sense of relief that she couldn't understand at the time, but now can see why she felt relieved because I mean, we go into find out even that the things that her, like that her mom did to her, like, I think you had something too. Yeah. So her mom, basically she, um, like we said, she was emotionally and physically abusive. And so McCurdy was like living under just this really, really tight control from her mom, who was her career manager. Mm. And so her mom oversaw every little thing. And so she would determine her meals. And one of the like details they give was her meals consisted of shredded pieces of low-cal bologna mm. and lettuce. Crazy. I don't know what that is. I'm going to tell you. Not I'm, much. I'm butchering that. Sprayed with dressing, and she administered her showers. Yep. She gave her breast exams. She gave yep. her vaginal exams up to 16 yeah. or 17. And I'm like, there's just no reason for that. There's mm-hmm. no need. Like I, So, yeah, just those are a few of the details that came out um, from the interview, like when we were when we were looking at this. So just horrific. Yeah. And, the, and the, when she was asked by Tom, like, or, you know, how did this make you feel or after she died? And she said that I felt this like kind of source of relief that I didn't understand. He also asked her, well, did you feel like there was something wrong with you feeling that relief or did you feel guilt like for feeling that relief? And she said, well, maybe both. And she said, when people die, they suddenly become the best person in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that we're taught to rem- remember them by despite the truth. And it's like, I, I can't, well, actually, I can't kind of imagine. I'll just be bold and honest. Like, I've been through a lot of trauma myself that it's like, 
there was a moment where I spoke the truth even to my own parents. So sometimes it doesn't even feel like I spoke the truth. And sometimes I feel that guilt because it's like everybody wants to look at that person in the best light, which is like some, we are taught to do so, especially like at a funeral. It's like, let's talk about the good things. Um, but it's like, how I don't know how I would feel going throughout my life. I think I would be proud of myself if I was Jeanette of stepping out and going against the grain and being like, no, like. I did not have a good mom. Being a child actor was not good. And it's and it hasn't been good for a lot of people because Tom even points out, he asked her, you know, like, um, what does he ask her? He says, how do you feel about the fact that like people are still okay, that society is okay, um, that, and they're kind of obsessed with child stardom even mm. after all the child actors share their abuse through their career. Mm. See, and I think that it, I was curious about that too. Of like, as a parent, like your parent, I'm a, becoming a parent. Yeah. I was thinking about I would never, ever, ever initiate my child into some kind of career like that unless they were ab- obsessed and passionate yes. and begging me every day and asking if they could take ask, acting classes and mm-hmm. ask, asking if they could take vocal lessons and and they were just hounding me and it was clearly their passion. Wow. I would never just force them into becoming something that I would want to be proud of. Because I think that's so unfair to put your own personal passions and interests and then put all these expectations on your child and hoping that they will fulfill them. And I get that parents want the best for their children. They want all these opportunities for them. But I just think any parent that is, they are feeding their child's career Mm. at age six. Yeah. Your child does not need to be a child worker. Yeah. That's another thing. Like Jeanette literally said, child stardom is a trap. She said, no child is psychologically, emotionally, or mentally equipped for the obstacles of child stardom. Even if they have the greatest support system around them, it is a a bizarre environment being recognized on such a level at such a young age. And it's hard to determine to see what is real and what isn't. Mm. So it's like, even I, 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 cause I used to kind of think the same way. It was like, oh, Malachi is super passionate. And he's like, I want to be a model or I want to, and he's showing me these things. I was like, oh, maybe would be supportive for me to put him in there but then I was like well after based off of what she's saying and I even watched some other interviews by some other child actors of they're all saying the same thing they feel like their childhood was stolen from them because it's not something that they asked for and even and even the people who have asked for it it's like they were never prepared which how could you be prepared for something that you didn't even know anything about well and it's your job as a parent to protect them and obviously Mm. I think a lot of these parents when they see that their child has potential or their child can be put in these situations Mm. they want to monetize honestly off of it they they see the future as the adult yeah and um i just think that that's so obviously harmful and just such a bad aspect and outlook on life where you're using your child Mm. to get to things that you want i just feel like that's a lot of these parents in these child actors of like either the if they're I don't I haven't read any child actor or child like famous stardom book or any interviews that haven't been where the parent was like s- significantly initiating and pursuing that career for the child. Yeah. Because how why else because a, ch- a, a child doesn't act they don't ask to be a famous child they would be hey i want to do plays at my school oh i want to sing i want to do more of that they're not going after trying to be a famous 
No, they're not trying to make a career for themselves at eight. Like they don't even know what that mm-hmm. is. And I also wonder, it's like child labor laws. Why is that something that is never like put into like acting or the music career? Like they're working. And it's like, why is that not applied to those type of fields where it's like we see day in and day out, like we want to protect our children. Right. But it's like we're not even willing to protect the ones that are like are in fame. Why? Because we're I feel like that's sometimes the problem with our laws. It's like it applies everywhere besides the places where it's like we want it because we're greedy in that way. I've heard that the labor laws for especially in acting have changed for children dramatically since the 90s, mm. but I don't know at all to what extent they would be now. Yeah. So I'm sure there's obviously has to be some in place, but my guess is there's so many ways around it because they're like, oh, filming went long today or we need yeah. that. Like, yeah, I, it's not, it's not obviously set to raise a healthy emotionally yeah. developed child Mm-mm. because they wouldn't be putting them in that situ- situation if that's what their goal was as parents yeah no it, it blows my mind and then also just kind of like getting back to like in Jeanette it's like even on iCarly uh she plays an actor who loves food so in iCarly and even continuing on into like Sam and Cat, uh she eats she loves chicken like buckets of chicken any type of meat like she is eating it like devouring it like they make her eat the whole entire bucket like right there on the show but little did we know the whole entire time Jeanette has an eating disorder Mm. and she even says in this interview that she finds it kind of funny and she's like it probably was in humorous right to see someone eat so much food but at the end of the day they have an eating disorder like I was like It's just, it's so messed up, especially because that eating disorder was perpetuated by her mom. Yeah. Her mom controlled what she ate. And she, like, specifically, I know, too, with um, child actors, there's, like, if you you can age out of certain roles. Mm. So there's, like, this desire to kind of stop their maturation of their body so that they can still fit into certain roles and play certain things. And so I think, yeah, it's so messed up that a huge part of, uh, Jeanette's story was having that eating disorder and that just dis- like unhealthy relationship with food and her body image. And that was all put on her. That didn't yeah. need to be there. You know, she even shares about how her mom would do weekly uh, ritual kind of t- runs to Rite Aid where her mom would buy eyelash tint, hair highlights, crest white strips, but not crest because they couldn't afford those. Like, like every single week. And she's like, imagine a six-year-old sitting there with highlights in their hair. You know, it's a hard, I can barely get, I mean, Malachi's not six. My son just turned two, but he is just now letting me sit there and like put his hair up in a bun. But like, I can't imagine being six years old and finding like that self-control to sit there for that long, like highlights. And it all happened because um, her mom had put her, um, in an audition um, because of Winn-Dixie. Have you ever heard of that? I have, but I have, I would not be able to recall a thing. Yeah, neither can I. But okay. I do remember hearing about it and she did not get the part. Mm-hmm. And her mom was super mad calling the agent, basically screaming at her on the phone of just being like, everybody else is getting put up for this show. Like, why can't my daughter, like what's going on? And basically they said that she, Two the people that were hiring thought that she looked a little too homey and they wanted someone that was more dreamy and kind of like that. And so ever since then, um, her mom was super obsessed with how she looked. And she said that she believed her mom was changing her because her mom didn't think that she was attractive enough for the roles. And she said that was the first time in her life that she ever thought, I wish I was pretty. Mm, wow. And so it's just like, yeah, all these things just being put on her that she never even chose for herself. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that is kind of the overview from at least my interview. It sounds like from your interview, if you have more things. But that's kind of like 
what this book is about. It's about this girl from iCarly who grew up in the public eye, who yeah. also did other acting jobs. and but, but she's coming out after her mom passed away and kind of revealing just actually what her whole life was. And so um, even now, <clears throat> it says that she's beginning to perform a one-woman show wow. called I'm Glad My Mom Died wow. in L.A. So she's like kind of pursuing... I don't even know if it's really, it seemed like stand up. Mm. So she's kind of trying to do that. And then um, she's going to, she's currently writing a set of essays mm. about living in your 20s, being 20 year old woman. Wow. And that's going to become a novel. So wow. that's going to be coming out soon. So maybe we can even review that. I think it's also so crazy that she decided to, not crazy, but that she quit acting and decided to take up writing because um, in the interview, she said that her mom, all said you should become an actor not a writer because writers gain weight what yes and so it's like i don't know if that that's is also dumbest dumbest stereotype i've ever heard yes but is it supposed to be because they're sitting i don't i don't know i think it's because writers are more behind the scenes and they highlight the book more than the writer versus like an actor you're always in the spotlight and you always have to look good and so it's like you can't let yourself go but they even like tom power asked her like how did you get the get to the place where you were comfortable with quitting acting. And she said that it took a while and she had a lot of self doubt because she quit after her mom died. Um, and she said that she was working on a Netflix show at the time. And once it was, she said, once it's done, I will take a break and I'll just see where life takes me. But the show actually ended up getting canceled and she decided to quit. Then she called her um, agent. She said it was like a three minute like conversation. And then she was done. And she had a lot of like almost a lot of regret about, regret about quitting. Cause she's like, shouldn't it have been harder than that. Mm. Um, and she said that it was really like a hard position to get into at the time. She felt guilty because so many people want that and she just threw it away. Um, but then after that is when she decided to kind of throw herself into writing. And from what they say, she's a pretty good writer. Yeah. I mean, it, this book I've heard, I mean, it's been so talked about. It is so famous. Mm. So, I mean, that's why even we heard about it. So, yeah, so she it looks like she's going to be doing some more writing. I'm so curious now about this book. I'm curious since neither of us have read it, mm. doing this little mini series more yes. after watching these two interviews, reading a little bit of an article, would you want to read this book? 100% yes. I think I like I definitely and you guys got to let us know. Do you want us to, you know, do it to the fullest form for you guys so you don't have to read it, but we do. Yeah, so if you're if you after this episode if you're like, "No, I want them to read the whole thing and really detail it all out." Let yes. us know. Cuz there's so much in there that like even they would say snippet things of like, "Oh, I wouldn't even expect that to be in the book like this." Cuz it was more than just about her mom. I hear that she talks about her grandmother, her relationship with her grandparents, okay. dives deeper into like her family life that like we wouldn't even know based off of the inner Interviews. okay because a lot of times they would ask her things and she'd be like ah uh, you could read the book oh interesting okay so but yes a hundred percent like i want to read this book like i just i gotta know what my almost i promise you i think she was probably my favorite child actor and it just shows how naive we are though like we take what's on tv and we think that it's real mm. and it's like but imagine her she said as a child actor it's hard to know what's real and what's not mm. and so it's like dang like what she was going through like it makes me feel kind of guilty that i wasn't i mean i was what like seven ten like <laughs> watching these shows but it's like we never know what people are going through mm -hmm. yeah okay so you would read it okay after this i would say 
I feel like this satisfied my curiosity on the book. Really? But I okay. think it's because I don't know. I, I didn't watch iCarly. I gotcha. didn't know. So my guess is if I had grown up watching this, I'd be like, no, I need to read the whole mm. thing. I need all the details. Yeah. I need to know. Because I would. I think I would feel similarly to you of like, you watched this show, you thought one thing about what was going on, and then you come to find out all this wow. stuff was really happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So, but for me personally, I think this actually did what I guess we were hoping this little mini series would do yeah. was kind of tell us, do we think we want to get into it more or not? So for you, it's a yes. Yes. For me, I feel like I, it satisfied my curiosity. Gotcha. But if you lovely listeners want us Ooh. to get into it, we will. Yes. So let us know below. Also, let us know what you think about this little mini series, everything but the book. And we will see you back for our regular long form episodes next week. See ya. Bye. Four, three, two.